0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and today I am joined by only one J, Joey Carrion, our third man, our brother, Jared. Uh, couldn't make it to the podcast today. We are recording this episode on Thursday, October 31st, AKA Halloween. So my question to you, Joey, is do you believe Jared's excuse that work-related scheduling is what's preventing him from being here? Or is it possible, conceivable even, that Jared is actually dressed up as Aaron Rodgers right now, trick-or-treating in the rainy streets of upstate New York?
1: I think the latter is much more likely on that. So, <clears throat>
0: yeah, yeah, stealing think, people's uh, candy. <laughs> he's out there asking for people to give him Dunkin' Donuts gift cards so he can go buy iced coffee in the middle of winter. Yeah. No doubt about it. <laughs> no doubt about it. Um, But yeah, two-man show today. As always, we are going to go through the entirety of the NFL slate on DraftKings Main Slate Week 9. We'll go position by position, pinpoint all of the best cash game plays and GPP options at each position later (coughs) on in the show. We'll each give a 1% play that has large field takedown upside for GPPs. And then finally, we'll close out the show with our best bets of the week. But before we get into that... Do you want to tell the people how to support the podcast?
1: You could support the podcast by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, go ahead. Um, They usually have a subscribe button that you can hit so you get the podcast automatically to your feed every Friday morning. You can also like, share, leave a comment. Uh, We read all comments. You can follow us on Twitter. At the DFS DOS, that is where most of our content, clips, all that good stuff is posted to. And then you could join our Slack channel, which is our pin tweet on said Twitter. Um, you could talk to exactly. us, ask us questions, all that all that stuff.
0: All all that good stuff. So you know, without any further ado, let's get right into this slate. And, I mean, man, this is a uh, – this one is interesting. This one is Sometimes ugly. disgusting. <laughs> Disgu- <laughs> yeah, this is a tough, tough one to see, I think. Um, you know, we've got two games, only two games with a total above 50 this week. We've got six games with totals under 43 uh, and two in-betweeners as well on a 10-game slate. We've got a London game that takes Houston and Jacksonville off. We don't have the Patriots. We don't have the Ravens. Um, You know, we're missing a lot of our most viable fantasy plays. And and DraftKings adjusted the pricing accordingly. We have a lot of players that are priced the highest they've been all season because there's such clear, uh, you know, good options on the slate where there aren't many. So I think DraftKings is, uh, you know, sharp to that. And, uh, you know, just in sort of a general slate perspective, what are you thinking about this uh, nasty-ass slate?
1: Um, Just from... A little overview. I think that DraftKings uh went really aggressive on their prices this week. And you know, if you want your touches, you're gonna have to pay up, especially at running back. But I think this is a week where if you have a good process and you know we've had eight weeks to um digest uh the NFL and what the teams are doing. So if you have a good process you should um do well this week, I think. Um I think It'll be more – you'll be more successful than the people that don't put in the time and the effort to uh, digest the slate. Um, I don't think it's one that you could just pull out your phone Sunday morning and make a lineup and expect to win. So –
0: yeah, no, definitely not. It's going to take several days worth of working and finding the right lineup construction, I think, because uh, this isn't a, a slate where you can fit everybody you want. I think that you're going to have to make sacrifices and we're going to have to find the smart ways to do that. And in terms of, like we talked about just a second ago, you know, with two games... Uh, with totals above 50, and that doesn't include the Packers-Chargers game, which I think will be really popular also. You know, I think we're going to see a lot of consolidated ownership in these games that are obviously the spots to target because there's so many games, I think, that are easy fades outside of one or two plays. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the smash spots, quote-unquote, are going to be easily identifiable, and I think we're going to see consolidated ownership uh, in in quite a few spots this week.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Similar to last week, I think it will be – with like all of the ownership going to a majority or um, like a solid group of players, um, as you could see last week with like Fournette, Carson ownership, Mo- mainly every uh, quote unquote smart DFS player was on those guys. So,
0: Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. But let's get right into our position by position breakdown, starting off with quarterback. Uh, what stands out to you in terms of cash games first for quarterback this week?
1: <sighs> ugly 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 um like i said DraftKings priced price these guys very aggressively we got russell wilson at the top he's looking to be the top option i mean a lot of people paid up last week at quarterback and i think um it's pretty viable to do it again this week so you have russ on the road in tampa bay going up against the bucks obviously who have been uh really bad against quarterbacks so far this year. They've they've given up 23.4 pr- points per game to quarterbacks. Just uh really bad. They've given up um over 2100 passing yards and um f- and 14 touchdowns. So, I think Russ is really viable on this slate. For sure.
0: Um You know, the way I'm looking at quarterback this week is I think that I'm looking to pay down in cash games. And, you know, I was one of those people that paid up for Watson last week. I think that was the smart play on that slate. But, you know, in lineup construction terms, I think that there's two running backs above 9K that I'm trying to jam into cash this week. And if if I can find savings at quarterback, especially in cash games, I think I'm going to try and do that. And and the one that stands out to me the most at 5,500 is Derek Carr at home. Uh, In one of our two games with a total above 50, you know, Carr is facing the Lions, who have allowed eight passing touchdowns in the last two weeks four to Kirk, four to Danny Dimes. You know, the Lions defense is getting absolutely no pressure. Darius Slay's status is unknown as of Thursday, you know, and I see no reason why Carr doesn't just smash in the spot coming off of his best fantasy game of the season. I think he could keep that going.
1: Yeah, he's definitely the best option uh, below 6K. um, Personally, I think. I think I think if you do want to pay down, he is the right option. I would also mention Jameis Winston in the same game as Russ. I do like Winston a lot at home. Um, you're going to get turnovers from him, um, obviously, because he's one of the most turnover-prone quarterbacks. But 6,100, he is averaging uh, top five in passing attempts per game. Um, he has the most air yards in the NFL in terms of throwing. From the quarterback position, so I like Winston a lot at 6100 as well. But Derek Carr is in a really good spot at home too, and he's quietly been um, one of the, the one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and uh, Winston, you know, I agree with you on that. 25 plus points in three out of his five last games, despite averaging you know four point sacks, uh, four point five sacks taken per game. Or uh, over two turnovers per game by Winston, but you know even even if he is a bad NFL quarterback, which I think he is, he's great for fantasy and especially for tournaments in GPPs because he has such a consolidated you know uh, group of players that he's throwing to two wide receivers and Godwin and Evans that are both averaging nine or more targets per game, so great stacking options. So I think Winston for sure um, you know is definitely in play, and like we talked about, you know there are uh, those two games only with 50-point totals, and that, that's the other one, Lions-Oakland yeah. and uh, and Tampa-Seattle.
1: Yeah, just with Winston, like, so in the first eight weeks, he's averaging 403 air yards per game, and he has the highest A-dot, obviously, because that correlates to air yards. He has the highest A-dot out of every uh, starting quarterback in the NFL. So I like Winston a lot. I think he's still too cheap and should get you a solid 20 points. Um, but in that Raiders game, too, Matt Stafford, is an elite option, I think, this week, um, especially since they lost on Johnson. They've gone to a uh, backfield by committee, so they're going to run out, you know, four, three, four running backs that, you know, aren't really that good. So I think they're going to lean on Stafford more to throw the ball, and this is obviously a great spot against um, an Oakland secondary that has gotten absolutely torched in recent weeks by Watson um, and Rodgers.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, I love Stafford this week. Like like you said at the top of the show, they were aggressive in pricing some of these guys up. Like Stafford at 6,800 is crazy to me when you consider that guys like, you know, Lamar Jackson and Watson have been in that price range. But, you know, Stafford is quietly having one of his better season mm-hmm. uh, seasons. And, you know, the Raiders, like you said, they've been getting gashed. They are uh, fourth most uh, yards per attempt allowed to quarterback right now. They're allowing the second most passes downfield of 20 yards or more this season. And, you know, number nine, Mr. Stafford, you know, uh, is attempting the most 20-yard passes downfield in the league, almost one out of every five throws uh, yes. by Stafford is is like that. So, I mean, this is the most aggressive he's been uh, since the first year in the Jim Bob Cooter scheme. I, I absolutely love Stafford this week, especially for GPPs. I don't think that people will feel comfortable paying 6,800 for a guy with Stafford, uh, you know, just based off of his name and, and price, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. He's definitely an elite GPP option. The Raiders are giving up the second most um, fantasy points to quarterbacks this season um, are giving up over 378 yards in the air. I think he's an elite option in tournaments. (laughs) But other than that, I would say there's really not uh, many quarterbacks that I would play this week, honestly. I mean, Baker Mayfield is pretty cheap. He's 5.1K might have some interest, but I don't know if I can go there with Freddie Kitchens, just, you know, not really calling good plays and Baker Mayfield isn't playing that well. So I don't know, but he's definitely intriguing at that price tag.
0: Yeah. I've got two more guys on my list and these are, we're, you know, we're strictly into GPP territory at this point. Um, But I really like Sam Darnold this week. You know, he's been struggling hardcore, especially, uh, you know, against new England and Jacksonville, but um, you know, in his first game back after the Mono, he put up a great great game against Dallas, and now he's going to be facing the worst team in the NFL in the Dolphins. It's going to be, um, you know, Miami revenge game, uh, or Gase revenge game, I should say. And, and at 5,900, I kind of like Darnold. I like the idea of stacking him with uh, Robbie Anderson after the Dolphins just put Howard on IR. Um, I think that that's a cheap yeah. stack uh, with a lot of upside and uh, very little ownership that we can look to this week. Yeah,
1: I'm I don't I don't mind Sam. Um, this is obviously a clear bounce back spot for the Jets going up against one of the worst defenses in the NFL, but it's just hard to trust them, especially when you have a guy like Adam Gase that is absolutely uh just flat out terrible um coaching the team. But like I said, it's clear bounce back spot. But just one more quarterback that I wanna mention that I'm honestly I might be ahead of the curve on him, Phillip Rivers. It was only five point one I was, Yeah, I was
0: just about to say. Phillip, that. Yeah, I mean,
1: <laughs> and he's Philip Rivers. I think that's I think that's one of the clear misprices on this slate. I mean, he has five five out of his eight games he scored over twenty points, and at five point one k, you only need fifteen point three points to pay off the salary. If we're talking in terms of just three xing, and I think he has a really really solid chance to do that against the packers uh defense which hasn't really lived up to the hype i mean preston smith and zadarius smith have been good and like they're the talk of the defense but they have been um getting beat the packers defense in general
0: yeah and um You know, I don't know if you caught this quote by Anthony Lynn this week, but he said earlier in the week that, you know, we'll throw 50 times if we have to, to win this game. And I think that they are going to abandon the run in this game. They just fired their offensive coordinator, Ken Wisenhunt. Um, You know, I think that they're going to put this game in rivers hands um i would imagine that they're gonna have to pass a lot you know rogers is playing the best he's played in a couple years so this this has the potential to be a really high scoring game and at 5100 with the potential of a higher you know pass volume for rivers i love that spot i mean he has under 30 pass attempts or i'm sorry under 40 pass attempts in in five out of his eight games Mm -hmm. so if we're talking high 40s (laughs) even up to 50 pass attempts i mean this could be you know, just an absolute smash spot for Rivers. And right below him, just as a one-percenter type play, you know, we were kind of in on Trubisky last week against the Chargers as a, as a GPP dart throw. But at 5K, I mean, you know, this Eagle secondary is terrible. You could just, you know, stack that real quick with Allen Robinson. I like that uh, in a large field GPP. But uh, definitely would, yeah. would lean Rivers in that price range uh, in just like a 1v1 situation. Yeah,
1: just, just the end this quarterback segment off, I'm locking in rivers. I, I saw that. I, that, that's a clear misprice in my opinion, especially since they fired the offensive coordinator that was just running Melvin Gordon into the offensive line multiple times, a drive. Um, yeah. And it's shaping up to be a shootout. I think that's a clear misprice. He's projected to be one of the lower owned quarterbacks as of right now, but I think that'll change. For sure, come Sunday, um, we might be the cause of that. But, you know, we're not going to take credit <laughs> 100- for that. But.
0: No, 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 no. But I, I'm right there with you. So, real quick before we move on to running back, like on Thursday right now, like Derek Carr or Phillip Rivers and cash?
1: Phillip Rivers. I'm locking in. Wow.
0: I'm lo- okay. I, he's, um, he's my I like cash
1: it. game quarterback lock after just talking about all the quarterbacks on this slate. So, you could book that. He'll be in my cash lineup 100%. And I, I like won't go back on my word.
0: 5,100. All right. Clear price. I, like I like that call. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. Um, Let's move on to running back because <coughs> I think that, you know, a lot of people this week, and I think it might be the correct play, are going to be spending almost 20K salary on two players at running back, 19.5K uh, to be exact, and Christian McCaffrey, 10,000, and Dalvin Cook, Ninety five hundred. Um, you know, are these two guys, are we in a you know team in situation this week in week nine where we, we put almost 40 percent of our salary into two players?
1: Uh, I would say in my professional opinion, yes, that seems like the correct process play. That seems like the most optimal play. And that's what we want to do is try to make the most um, optimal plays each and every week. And have a good process and i think with this slate specifically spending nineteen thousand five hundred for delvin cook and mccaffrey is the way to go um you know you're just getting you're gonna get 50 touches out of those two combined maybe 60 if the if the game scripts work out in their favor so 60 touches out of two players and then you could pay down at wide receiver which is um a position that has more variance so I think the right move and the correct move is to pay up for these two studs. And not to mention, Delvin Cook is in the nut matchup this week, going up a Kansas City defense that has gone absolutely slaughtered um, on the ground this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, Cook has just been, you know, so, so consistent, uh, really taking that next step. He's the clear-cut number two wide uh, running back in the NFL at this point behind McCaffrey. So I think that we've got a lot of, uh, you know, upside and going to cook in this spot. And as far as McCaffrey, um, you know, he's just been so, so consistent. Like, you know, just, it's just insane. I mean, we even saw in the worst possible game script, they, you know, the Panthers get blown out 51 to 13 against the top run defense in the NFL against uh, the 49ers last week. And he still puts up 30.5 points. Now he's a home favorite against Tennessee. Um, he made a
1: great case I, for the defense or for the um, defense. Doesn't matter. Crowd made a great. He did. made and, a great case.
0: Tennessee doesn't have uh, you know a crazy defense. I mean their defense is good, especially against running backs on the ground. Um, but it just doesn't matter to me. I think nah. that you know McCaffrey's a pure lock for at least twenty five or more points, uh, potentially yes. more. Uh, just the way they use him in the red zone and his usage is just nuts. So yeah. I agree. It is the optimal play, I think, to lock both of these guys in. The question then comes, you know, where's the value on this slate? Is there value at running back that you see at this point?
1: I mean, Jalen Samuels is looking like a chalky play at 4K. Um, There's four running backs on the Steelers roster. James Conner, obviously (coughs) Jalen Samuels, Benny Snell. And then I forgot who's the fourth guy. Can't think of his name.
0: Uh, fourth guy. I, I can't remember. Either way, it doesn't matter because
1: Jalen Samuels – Trey Edmonds. Yeah, Trey Edmonds. Um, Benny Snell's out, correct? Yep. James Connors hurt. It's looking kind of questionable if he's going to play or not. Then we got Trey Edmonds, who I believe is a rookie, and Jalen Samuels. Jalen Samuels is 4000 at home against the Colts. I think he's the clear-cut value play if – the guys ahead of him on the depth chart are out, and one is already out. So,
0: yep. And we only saw it once. Uh, you know, Samuel's playing without Connor, but you know, in that game, he had ten attempts and eight targets, uh, <coughs> which he caught all eight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, he's not going to be one of those guys that he's going to get. You know, fifteen to twenty carries. I don't think if Connor misses, but you know, we want to attack pass-catching running backs against this Colts team. I mean, they've had the same defensive scheme for over a year now, and it's always been stop-deep plays, and they they play soft to running backs receiving. So that's the way their scheme works, and I think Samuels uh, would basically be a lock, assuming that Connor is out. We don't know yet. It is only Thursday, like I said, but uh, he has practice two days straight and is highly questionable, I would think. So, I mean... We could be in a situation where McCaffrey, Cook, and Samuels are just wild chalk um, in all cash lineups because I think that that's you know where this week is heading up to this point.
1: Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree on all those points about the Colts' defense. They run a zone defense, a cover two defense, um, where the corners stay up and the safeties take back, so they don't give up any deep plays, but it leaves the middle of the field wide open. And if you're getting you know five to seven or six to eight targets. From a 4K running back, no matter how many rushing attempts he gets, because I would project him to get between six to eight rushing attempts. Um, But if he's getting those targets, that's all that matters. So at 4K, I think he is going to be very, very chalky. And um, I think there's no reason to fade him, especially at such a low price tag on a slate where we need some value. And those three running backs will definitely be the most popular uh, core in cash games on DraftKings.
0: So, who do you think are some other good plays at running back? Um, you know, looking back towards the top end of the spectrum, I uh, you know I see Nick Chubb in a spot I think um, is really good. I think Aaron Jones is in a great spot as well. Um, maybe some other guys as well. What do you think about the other running back alternatives to McCaffrey and Cook?
1: Yeah, so I mean we got Le'Veon at seven seven, Chubb at seven three, Aaron Jones at seven even. I think all three of them are great plays. Um, If you want to get off, you know, one of Delvin Cook or McCaffrey to play one of the three, I wouldn't hate it. Um, Don't think it's very optimal, but I think if you want to go that route, I think it would be pretty fine to do that. Um, Especially if you're paying for like a guy like Chubb, who even in a bad matchup last week actually performed really well, minus the two fumbles. Watch that entire game. He ate up the Patriots run defense. He's had basically twenty plus touches in every game so far this year, but one. So that's great volume. Um, he's not coming out of the game if they're losing. He's not coming out of the game if they're winning, obviously. And he's in a you know a decent matchup on the road against the Broncos, and I think um, it's a great spot for him this week at seven yeah. three.
0: Totally agree with that. I mean, and just a couple other things. You know, the Broncos are really good at stopping the pass. I mean, they're they're just a pure run funnel. They're allowing almost 30 touches per game to running back. Uh, Kareem Hunt will be returning for the Browns next week. So, you know, they have one more chance to just smash Chubb at, you know, 90% snaps and more. So, definitely like that play. Um, You know, a lot of people are going to be talking about Le'Veon Bell this week, bouncing back. You know, him and Adam Gase have reportedly gotten on the same page about his touches. Bell's disappointed in how little he's been touching the ball. Gace feels like he's made a mistake by not feeding on more. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense. It's out there in the media and this is a you know, you couldn't put up a better spot for Bell to rebound. Um, you know, we really haven't seen Levion have really a ceiling game at all. You know, it's been since week two that he's had 20 points or more on DraftKings, but I think that, you know, If it's going to happen, it's going to happen this week. And I just want to shout out, you know, Adam Levitan, one of the sharpest guys in DFS. If you're not listening to him, I think you're doing it wrong. Something he's been talking about recently is, um, you know, the DFS community as a whole not being tied down to previous results they used to. Like we saw in Kenny Galladay's ownership last week, and that's something Levitan's been talking about. I find it really interesting. You know, in previous years, Le'Veon Bell would, you know, be like, under 10% owned. I don't think that's going to be the case this week. I think that DFS players are sharper now, and I don't think that Le'Veon is going to be necessarily low-owned, especially once people start talking about the squeaky wheel narrative. I think that he's actually going to carry quite a bit of ownership this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a great play in a great matchup, obviously. Um, And if the reports are true that he's going to get his uh, work increase, which he rightfully should, I mean – they gave him a pretty hefty contract to be that bell running back and he should not be getting you know nine carries that he had last week and three catches only 12 touches for your premium player on offense just that just can't happen and i think he will be very popular as well um he's a great play this week but just going back to i just want to mention one uh tidbit about mccaffrey the titans are low-key bad against uh pass catching running backs they've given up the fifth most yards to running backs receiving and they've given up the second most catches to running backs on the ground or yeah so
0: lock it in lock it so in.
1: just want to say that about Locked McCaffrey but back to Levion he's a great play um great GBP play and you get some leverage off of cook and McCaffrey um just all around smash play
0: couple other running backs I think we should mention. We already talked a little bit about Aaron Jones, but, you know, Jones has been on an absolute tear. Seven or more targets uh, in five, one, two, three, four, and four out of the last five, I should say. Um, you know, in that span, he had a 52.2-point game against Dallas, 44.6 last week against KC. Just, you know, absolutely insane tournament-winning upside um, with Aaron Jones and the way they're using him in the past game. Um, that'll be great to go with, you know, Phillip River stacks. Also in the McCaffrey game on the other side of the ball, Derek Henry, I think is interesting as a GPP only option. You can't really go there on DraftKings cash and, you know, A, because of lineup construction and B, because he doesn't catch passes really at all. But, you know, Henry hasn't had under 16 touches in a game. Panthers are allowing over a hundred yards per game to running backs. We just saw them got absolutely destroyed by Tevin Coleman last week. And Henry's got, uh, you know, 1.43 rushing touchdowns per game. Uh, it's a run funnel. The defense is top five in both stop and QB hits and sacks, and they're just getting destroyed on the ground. So I think Henry is a is an interesting GPP play this week at 5700. Yeah, I
1: will say, for me personally, every player above Jalen Samuels to I would say Aaron Jones is a GPP running back. Um, you should not be playing any of these guys in your cash game, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I do like Henry a lot for GPPs, uh, like you mentioned. Just uh, back to Aaron Jones. I think he is not in play for cash just because he's in a 55-45 time split with Jamal Williams. And he's just been scoring a lot of touchdowns. Obviously, touchdowns are very uh, you know high variance. But he scored a touchdown in every game but two games so far this year. But you have to know in five of eight games, he's had less than 20 touches. And at a 7K running back, you kind of want to lock in, you know, at least 20 plus uh, or at least a minimum of around 18 to 20 touches with Aaron Jones. So I think he's GPP only.
0: You know, I agree with that. Is there anybody else that we absolutely need to talk about? Like you said, there's a ton of GPP options you know, in that range, Miles Sanders against the Bears who have been leaking receptions to running backs. Uh, you know, you could argue Devin Singletary as he is taking the job from Frank Gore, especially in a snaps per uh, You know, perspective. Both Broncos running backs, I think, are interesting against the Cleveland's uh, run defense, especially with Flacco out. They could run the ball more. Austin Eckler. I mean, there's just so many guys that I think are in consideration for GPP, but we don't really have time to talk about everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, like... Just for GPPs, I think at this point, if you don't know, you should probably um, hear that you ne- you you're gonna be more successful in GPPs if you get guaranteed uh, touches at a running back and you know find some lower owned wide receivers. I think that's the most optimal yeah. tournament strategy if you want to win the big bucks. And so I don't really think any of these guys are in play. I mean, Jalen Samuels obviously is in play for GPPs and cash. Um Mark Walton might carry some ownership in cash games though at forty five hundred and I think that's an easy fade. For me personally, I don't know about you. Just I don't I don't think there's a need to play any dolphins ever in cash. Just my opinion.
0: Uh you had me until there. I'm definitely not playing Walton, but there is another Dolphin that I am considering for cash, and we will get to him shortly as we transition over to wide receiver here. Mm -hmm. Um You know, actually, might as well get into it right now because we can start at the value at wide receiver because I think that that is going to be the most prevalent, you know, spot to attack, especially in cash games. And, you know, in terms of a Dolphin, I think that Devontae Parker is actually kind of interesting at 4.4K. He's averaging 14.3 DK points over his last four games. He hasn't had any lower than 11.8. He's been Fitzpatrick's favorite receiver, and this Jets' uh, secondary is. Absolutely terrible, and it's it's not like Parker's been playing totally terrible teams. I mean, yeah, Washington is in there, but you know the Steelers, the Bills, the Chargers—like these aren't you know horrible, horrible uh, Mm -hmm. you know matchups for wide receivers. So I think that Parker is slightly interesting in this spot uh, when we're going to need to make some slightly questionable plays (laughs) at wide receiver this week in cash. Yeah,
1: I mean, don't got to tell me about questionable. You should have saw my receiver (laughs) core, my receiving core last week, but. (laughs) Uh, I don't mind it. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of high on Preston Williams. Like I think he has like talent, and you know he's been seeing a steady amount of targets, and he's cheaper. So I, I don't know. I, I think the Parker is a better play than Williams, but and I don't. I just don't want to play Dolphins. Like I don't want to play Bengals don't want to play Dolphins like I just want to stay away from those bad teams you know that might be bad process in itself but I think just avoiding those terrible teams that can just be shut down in any game by pretty much any defense out there um I think that's right in my opinion personally and then Curtis Samuel is going to be very popular and he's uh sandwiched in between those guys at 4,300 um Mm -hmm. I think I'd rather play Samuel than those two guys and he's one of my favorite wide receivers in this four to 5k range which we should uh be picking you know maybe two or three guys out of this range
0: yeah absolutely i mean i think at minimum in cash games we're going to be picking two of these guys um and and i think that it's pretty feasible to play three wide receivers under 5k in cash this week maybe even optimal so yeah i mean samuels for sure Um, You know, in the same range for 500 more, we have DJ Moore, um, you know, who has been getting a ton of air yards. The Mm -hmm. production hasn't quite been there, but I mean, the targets are good. Um, You know, I think the upside is there and this is a, you know, beatable spot for both Panthers wide receivers. You know, the spot that you want to attack Tennessee is on the outside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, DJ Moore runs 84% of his uh, routes outside. I think that Curtis Samuel runs just over 70% of his routes outside. And we just saw what Mike Evans did uh you know to those outside corners in Tennessee yeah. I think that both of these guys are in play uh for cash this week
1: Yeah I think I think they are both in play I do like DJ Moore a lot um <clears throat> just like you said his opportunity versus his uh production hasn't been there yet so I think he's a really good play and I think Alshon at 5k might be one of the best uh Value plays at wide receiver this week at home against Chicago. Revenge game for Alshon. Mm. If Djax isn't back, which it's looking like he's not going to be, you know, who knows if he comes back or not. But I think this is a solid spot for Alshon, and I would be very, very inclined to play him.
0: I uh, I do think actually that. Uh, Djax is going to be in, if I'm not mistaken, oh. or he's trending at least in the right way. I think. Um, so I, I
1: don't. I don't know if that necessarily hurts Alshon though. I, I should say
0: that. That's a fair point. I think it could definitely you know increase the expectation for the offense as a whole because they've definitely been missing uh, Deshaun Jackson. That's a good point. I hadn't really considered Alshon. I'll have to dig a little bit deeper into that. Um, who are some other wide receivers in this range that you're considering for cash I mean one for me that pairs well with the Philip Rivers talk is mm-hmm. Mike Williams I mean at 4600 and uh, if we're expecting a higher pass role you know f- or, or pass volume I should say that I think Mike Williams benefits from that people were on him last week yep, he did not really pay me. off but it's time to <laughs> you know he was a good play no, no doubt about it but I think he's Uh, an equally good play this week. And just, you know, this, we get a little shaky here when we start projecting things like this, but, you know, I would expect Green Bay to put the big boy Kevin King on Mike Williams and let Jair go toe-to-toe with Mm Keenan because, you know, Mike Williams would have such a massive size advantage on Jair that I don't think that makes very yeah. much sense so you know i, I like both keenan and mike williams but you know in terms of cash games and price range mike williams is you know in, in a monster spot and we know that you know what kind of upside he has at 4600
1: yeah i i love that mike williams uh pairing with philip rivers this week and you know shout out to uh the low model by josh hermsmeyer however you say it you know, we obviously use other people's, um, content to, you know, make some good decisions and he's been on that buy low model a lot this year. And I think his time is coming. And so I, I love yeah. him at 4,600. I think I will be going back to the well with him, even though we got a four game from him last week. I think, I think him and Keenan might be GPP winners this week. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I can see that as well. Are there any other wide receivers in this range that you're looking at? You know, uh, originally I had Deontay Johnson on my I'll list, but I dug a little bit deeper into that, and I'm not quite as hot on it anymore. I, gotta, I mean, he has been very productive, but looking at Deontay Johnson, I mean, he has three of his touchdowns coming from. Thirty-nine yards, forty-three yards, yeah. forty-five yards. That's not sustainable production in cash games. Yeah. So I, I'm kind of crossing him off my cash list.
1: Yeah, I mean, no Pittsburgh wide receivers are in play for me personally. Um, I just don't like Mason Rudolph that much. I, I don't. It's not that I don't like him. I just don't think he's good enough to support um, good fantasy production from the wide for the wide receivers. But how about Danny Amendola for two hundred more? That lions against the raiders i don't know he has 19 targets the last two games looks to be the primary slot option in detroit when he's healthy and you know he'll he'll have to get those targets to get there on a weekly basis um because his ADO is going to be very low and you know you're going to have to depend on him getting catches in rack but at 4700 he could be a very good play against the raiders
0: I mean, I'm right there with you. He has been productive when he's been utilized. Um, You know, the price isn't bad. The matchup and game environment is good. But I just worry that playing him in cash game would be recency bias coming off of, you know, two games where he did very well. I mean, if you look at his three productive games, eight targets, 11 targets, 13 targets. But his other three games that he was healthy in, one target, five targets, one target. Like, I think that it's, you know, possible. Uh, and we've seen it with the lions even in their better receivers like kenny galladay two weeks ago um you know the lions can hone in stafford can hone in on one guy mm-hmm. um and if it isn't amandola he could completely bust i think and and you know as as productive as he's been in the slot i think that like we talked about stafford's tendency for deep passing this year i think he's going to be you know eyeing down marvin jones yeah. and, and galladay at a higher rate this week
1: yeah for sure i could definitely see that happening um but I think that's pretty much every player that's in play for me in that range. I don't think there's any receivers yeah, um, under 4K that are in play for me. I mean, you could go back to Deshaun Hamilton after he threw up a zero. But I wouldn't go there. But there's, I mean, the the top at the wide receivers, is kind of ugly. I'm not going to lie.
0: It is. I mean, Galladay looks like a great play, but it's 7,700, which has to be by far the most he's ever been priced on DraftKings just because of the lack of other options out there i don't think you can really go there um you know tyler lockett is in an obvious great spot at 7500 but you know again like these prices are really prohibitive when we're trying to jam in these running backs
1: and i mean i think some of these wide receivers will carry ownership as you know maybe the the entire field won't be on the team this week the team jamming in, so i think uh some of these top guys will have ownership but I personally don't think that's the right play. But they're great. They're great uh, GPP plays, in my opinion. Like, the Vikings wide receivers have the best matchup on the board uh, against Kansas City, I think. Tyler Lockett also has a really good matchup against the Bucs on the road.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and that that matchup translates to DK Metcalf as well, who had a great game last week. He's cheap, I think. I mean, not not cheap, but, you know, mid-range at 5,700 in that same range, Tyrell Williams. <clears throat> if you're playing Derek Carr or doing a lion stack, I think Tyrell has you know, a pretty good shot uh, to be in a good spot this week, especially if Slay misses. You know, Marvin Jones, 6K. John Brown, I play every single week. <laughs> um, still waiting for that ceiling game. Hasn't really had it since. He is a great morning, matchup against but, the
1: Redskins. Uh,
0: he does, and he's been priced up, 6,100. So I think it's hard to get there, but I would definitely consider that in GPPs. So. Nice. Th- you know a lot of good spots, but the prices are yeah. just or they're just hard to get to this week.
1: Yeah, I think this sixty four hundred range to seventy one hundred. So Keenan to Devante, I think all of these wide receivers are underpriced.
0: Mm. It, I wouldn't put Odell there, but I hear you with the rest.
1: See, it's just crazy because Odell is one of the best wide receivers, really, in the last ten to fifteen years in the NFL, like talent wise, like. He's just one of the best wide receivers in the league. Um, yeah. But just with the Browns for some reason, and Baker, he just hasn't, you know, he hasn't produced, and he's probably this is probably his lowest price tag since his rookie season.
0: Yeah, sixty six hundred. Not wrong. Speaking of low price tags, I mean, you just said it, Devontae Adams coming back. I get that he's coming back off injury, but Devontae Adams at seventy one hundred. You know, priced behind guys like Galladay. I just, I don't know. I mean, that seems like a spot to attack for yeah,
1: sure. Yeah, that is 100% a GPP winner is Devonte Adams, just really I cheap. Mean,
0: if he plays, then I'm going on him because you know they've shown that they will are willing to hold him out. for, yeah. I mean, geez, when's the last time he played? Like week three, week four. I I mean, see. they're willing to hold yeah. him out till he's till he's healthy. So. Yeah, he's
1: been out for over a month now with a turf toe injury, um, and. You know it's hard playing players coming back from injury, but you just gotta believe that if they're out there, um, and they're activated, that they're good to go, and that would
0: unless they're David Johnson.
1: Yeah, unless they're David, <laughs> unless you're the Cardinals organization, um, but yeah, Devontae Adams, I really like him a lot this week, and I also kind of like Allen Robinson. Um, yes, against the Eagles, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, but. Mitchell Trubisky, uh, he's just, so hey, he he's just so bad. But
0: he has he's just
1: so bad. But Allen Robinson has seen a minimum of seven targets in every game this year. Um, so you're guaranteed seven targets, max. I would say thirteen or fourteen targets. So a solid target projection for a Rob and six thousand eight hundred is pretty favorable going up against the Eagles in Philadelphia, who have just been. An absolute pass funnel, but they have gotten a little bit healthier in their secondary, um, which has helped. So that's something. So I
0: mean, they were they were desperately trying to trade for a cornerback, and they didn't make it happen before the deadline. Yeah, that's that's rough. So I do think, yeah, I I like Robinson quite a bit too, and both Bucks wide receivers are in play, Mm -hmm. especially if you go the Jameis route. You know, surprisingly. Even after last week, Chris Godwin is still priced ahead. I was hoping we would get a little bit of a discount so we could go back after Godwin. Because, you know, I think that, you know, which Bucks receiver is more explosive is going to shift back and forth week to week. I guess that uh, we're not getting a Godwin discount. But just off of ownership and recency bias, I'd like to target Godwin and GPPs this week.
1: Yeah, I I like Godwin and Mike Evans a lot. Um, Mike Evans went off against the the Titans at low ownership. And I think... It's uh, good to go back to him this week. But I think one of my favorite plays at wide receiver this week is Keenan Allen. I think he's due. That's just, uh, you know, a hunch. I think he's due. You know, Jair Alexander is a good cornerback, but Keenan Allen is a different animal. And you know, he had ten targets against the Bears, only twelve points, eleven targets against the Titans, only ten points. And then he had three bad games before that with six targets each. They fired their offensive coordinator. I think they're more adamant on throwing the ball, like he mentioned, um, that they might throw fifty times to win the game. You know? Sixty four hundred yeah. is really, really cheap for a premier wide receiver in this league.
0: Let me uh let me channel my inner Jared right here and, and like uh all right, here we go. Ready. Yo, Jair's gonna lock that bomb down. He's a bum. <laughs> Jair's gonna lock him down. Jair's the best corner in the league. <laughs> I think that's pretty good, Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> Sound exactly um, like him. But he is one of my favorite plays on this slate. So I'm gonna just say that. Yeah.
0: Oh. yeah. Um. It it should be time. Like it. Like yeah. Jair is definitely good, but Keenan has to uh, bounce back. You know. I mean, yikes. It, under thirteen points in five straight games. It's time. You know. And and I think it is uh, going to be a priority. Um. For this Chargers offense, who just fired their coordinator, to, to make some adjustments. And one of those adjustments is getting. You know their best skill position player the ball more yeah for sure is there anybody else you need to mention here at wide receiver mm, i don't no. think there's too much i think we
1: talked about um, every player that's in play this week
0: i like both jets wide receivers i know i said that uh i like the idea of stacking darnold to anderson i i don't think crowder is a bad play either the dolphins have allowed seven touchdowns in the slot through seven games so you know crowder at 5300 i think is mm-hmm. uh in play as well but that's really all i've got at wide receiver let's move on to tight end which is pretty desolate this week they really were aggressive in pricing up um you know all the tight ends hunter henry who was forty nine hundred last week had a disappointing game 8.7 they shot him up to 6k (laughs) (laughs) you know darren waller is up to 6.3k despite only catching two of his eight targets last week he got a price jump. travis kelsey 6900 you know who's always going to be in that that uh you know range of pricing, so where are we going to be looking at tight end this week? Because I mean, although those three guys I think are the clear best plays on the board, I don't think it's really yeah. feasible to get up there in cash this week. So we are going to have to find some value.
1: Yeah, it's definitely pay down at tight end. Um, tight end is obviously one of the positions where I'm going to be looking to pay down at most weeks. Um, usually spend under 5k at tight end. So I think Zach Ertz is probably the best option um, to fill that, you know, that requirement. He's 4.7K at home against the Bears. Um, Just the talent outweighs his price tag, in my opinion. Just uh, one of the best tight ends in the NFL. His production has fallen off this year, though. You know, I, I think I think he's due for a solid game and at 47 you don't need that many uh, points to, for him to pay off that tag. So I think uh, Ertz is the clear-cut cash game tight end.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that for sure. I mean, in week seven, uh, he had set a season low in targets up to that point with six, and then he set another season low last week with four targets against the Bills. Um so, I, you know, it's, it's tough, but, I mean, he had had double-digit points in the first five games of the season and then failed to do that in the last three games. So, you know, he's going to be home this time for the first time in three weeks um, against Chicago, who's not particularly good at stopping them. And, you know, I think our options are going to be guys like Ertz, or we could pay down really far. You know, Cameron Brait returned to practice on Thursday. O.J. Howard is still out. So at 3,100, we could – completely punt and go down that route, which I think is definitely in play against Seattle, who's horrible at stopping tight ends. But you know, I think Zach Ertz upside is quite a bit higher. So it's just a matter of which yeah. construction you want to go with.
1: Yeah, I think for me personally, I think the most optimal construction would be to uh, try and fit Ertz in. But I wouldn't mind paying down to a guy like Bray. And even uh Dallas Goddard might garner some ownership as a tight end besides Ertz um at three point one K so the same price as Bray. He's had a uh, decent usage in these last couple games. Um, eight targets against the Vikings, four against the Cowboys, and five targets last week against the Bills. He scored over nine points in the last three games. Only had a 3.1K uh, price tag this week. He might uh, have a little bit of ownership to him.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I don't think I would personally go there, especially in cash, maybe as a GPP dart throw, but um... – Yeah, I mean, honestly, for cash, I'm pretty much exclusively considering Ertz. And then if I'm paying down, I'm hoping that O.J. Howard sits again and we can play Cameron Bray and get, you know, six to seven targets at 3,100 and just pray that he finds the end zone. Yeah,
1: it's like the same situation as last week. Like, obviously, you know, people record their podcasts, um, you know, in the middle of the week, but we didn't have that tight end news in the middle of the week. We got the tight end news like Saturday night, early Sunday morning, Mm-hmm. And people still didn't adjust to it. Um, they people There was some ownership on Bright. There was some ownership on Jonu Smith last week, but not a lot of people adjusted to it. And, I mean, Bright didn't work out, but Jonu Smith did, and they were both um, relatively cheap, only $100 away from each other. So I think it might be the same situation this week in terms of the news. Because even if Bright sits, that frees up Tanner Hudson, who is a stone minimum for Tampa Bay going up against one of the worst teams against tight ends uh, so far this season. The Seahawks have given up the the third most receiving yards to tight ends on the year and the fifth most catches to tight ends on the year. So they've been actually really bad. Um, if bright plays, I'm playing bright
0: Yeah, um, totally hear you with that. I think that that will also uh, provide the salary relief that we need to jam in the running backs this week. So – do you have anything else? I mean, I think that all three of the top price guys are viable for GPPs, um, you know, just to differentiate yourself. And, and you know, like I would love to play Derek Carr to Waller and run it back with the Lions receiver. But, you know, um, other than that, I don't think you can get there in cash and nobody else really stands out to me.
1: Yeah, not yeah, Tight end is like very thin this week. I mean, I, I don't mind Herndon even in cash game at 4K, but it's looking like he's not going to play due to a hamstring issue my favorite gbp play at tight end is kelsey if you want to pay up um the viking the vikings have low-key been actually kind of bad against tight ends they've given up the six most receiving yards and the third most catches the tight end but they have not given up any touchdowns um which kind of sucks for kelsey but it, then again it's travis kelsey's uh either the best or the second best tight end in the nfl so he's my favorite gbp option but tight end is very thin. So I think the right move is to either pay for hurts or pay down.
0: All right. Agreed there. Let's move on to DST. Um, and we are back, uh, I think, in a situation where we can play uh, the Redskins under 2K in, in cash games. How do you feel about that? 1.8K on draft. Games, <sighs> the only defense this week that is under the 2K floor. Um you know, I, I don't like the idea of playing the Redskins defense, but, you know, if there's one thing Josh Allen loves to do, it's turn the ball over. Yeah. Um, you know, he he really loves doing it. Um, I think he's averaging uh, – let's see, what, is, what are her numbers right here? So Josh Allen's got seven interceptions on the year, and he's fumbled the ball eight times despite recovering the majority of those. So the stats may not look terrible, but, you know, all it takes is one. And at 1.8, the Redskins would have 3X their salary in the last four out of five games. So, I mean, if we're getting six, seven points out of a out of a 1.8K defense in a week that we really need to save salary, I'm totally cool with that.
1: Yeah, I don't mind Washington at 1.8K. I mean, it's looking like the Steelers are going to garner a lot of ownership at 2.4K at home against the Colts. But the Colts have one of the best O-lines in the league. So, I mean... I don't, I don't know. I think yeah. I think the Redskins may be the right play. I don't know if I'm going to play them, though, um, just because they've just been really bad. But like you said, at their salary right now, they would have 3X'd in multiple weeks. So I think they're in play, and I think this week is a clear pay-down week at defense, um, especially to save salary in one of the most variant yeah. positions out there. But these matchups are ugly, and I think it'll just be like, you know, just hoping whichever one can get the most pressure.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing about the Steelers, like they stand out clearly, especially like if you're like, you know, making decisions based on the game log. I mean, their last five games, 13, 14, 11, 19, 11, like that doesn't sound like a defense that should be priced at 2.4K. But, you know, my two points on that are that, you know, that 600 difference to go up to them from the Redskins is actually significant on a slate like this. And secondly... Um, like you said, the the Colts' offensive line is really good, and you know Brissette doesn't really turn the ball over like that, um, you know, especially not like a guy like like Allen does. So I just think that there's a you know bigger opportunity to get some positive variance uh, with the Redskins, just you know scoop and score type situation. But you know, also on the slate, we've got you know some good GPP defenses like the Browns up at thirty one hundred who are going to be facing. Uh, what is it, Brandon Allen for the the Ravens, who's never taken an NFL snap. I think that, you know, Miles Garrett is going to have quite a bit of fun with that. And then on the other side of that ball, you know, Broncos 2,900 at home and and Mayfield is turning the ball over at a really high rate Mm -hmm. too. So I think both of those defenses in the same game are in play uh, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I like, I like the Browns defense against Brandon Allen, who like you said, hasn't started a game yet in his NFL career. I think that's a good spot for them. Um, Uh, The Jets are obviously in play for 3,500 for GPPs. The Seahawks as well against a turnover-prone quarterback in Jameis. Um, But other than that, there's really not many defenses that I like even for GPPs. I I mean, I would consider uh, the Colts defense going up against Mason Rudolph. But Mm -hmm. I'm not too thrilled about that. So, I mean, I think it's a very consolidated pool for defense for me this week. Either pay down to one of these defenses at the bottom uh, for cash games and GPPs pay up to the bills for the Jets.
0: Yeah, um, that's pretty fair. The last one I want to say is uh, I think Carolina is, you know, in, in a good spot as well. You know, be facing Tannehill at home. Um, and they are top five in both quarterback hits and sacks. So that to me is a little bit interesting, uh, as well at twenty eight hundred. But let's move on here to our one percent plays of the week. Uh, somebody you think could be one percent owned in one of these, you know, large field GPPs, or at least close to it, that could win somebody out there a GPP. Uh, what do you got for me this week?
1: Hmm, this week is this week is kind of interesting. Um, huh. You know it's tough, real tough. Who? How about you go first?
0: <laughs> All right, I will go first. Um, because I've got a couple, and I actually already talked about him. I let him off. I said he was in play for cash, and I think that you could go to Devontae Parker this week, who is you know projected to be under three percent owned at this time. I think that you know going after this Jets defense. Is interesting, and you could bring it back in a you know Sam Darnold to uh, you know Robbie Anderson type type stack, uh-huh. and I think that that's a good one. Also, DJ Moore is projected to be really low owned, and these are guys that we're considering in cash that I think do have high upside, um, you know, in these spots, yeah. and people are going to completely overlook. And finally, give you a little one more second to keep looking. I think Austin Eckler is yeah. um, like projected like under five percent, and you know if if. You know, Ken Wisenhunt got fired for being unable to identify what every fantasy player in existence knows. It's that, you know, Austin Eckler needs to be on the field more than Melvin Gordon. Maybe the the Chargers make that uh, adjustment. That
1: every way. NFL fan can see, but the ownership can't see it. It's always nice. Um, I guess my favorite low own player, not really a one percenter, but projected as of right now to have low ownership is Marvin Jones. Um just in a great spot against oakland 6k so you know kind of in that mid-range where you know there's usually not that much ownership um i think i think he's a solid uh low owned gpp option that could definitely take down a contest like the millie maker
0: yeah for sure he might not even need four touchdowns to do it this time yeah um (laughs) stupid (laughs) Crazy, crazy. Let's uh let's close out the show with our best sports bet of the week. Um, you have anything that you're ready to fire off here?
1: Yeah. So, uh, just a bet on the Patriots minus three. <laughs>
0: oh, really? really Bias, about. right I don't know there. About all that.
1: Nah. That definitely. Biased. Patriots minus three. Take them. Sell to the money. They're gonna cover the spread. Hmm. Bill Belichick doesn't lose to uh, young quarterbacks. The matchup is kind of tough on the road in Baltimore, going up against a running quarterback who may present some problems. But I think honestly that they will have a quarterback spy on Lamar every play.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest from like a football fan perspective. I'm actually really excited to watch that you know that game. I'm glad that it's in prime time, getting to see. Uh, you know, how the Ravens' offense and Patriots' defense clash. I think that'll be really interesting. Um, For me, I think the best bet of the week I would like to take is the over on uh, Green Bay and the Chargers game. It opened at 46. It's already been bet up two points to 48, and I think that this should be a 50 uh, total game, Um, no question. Um, I think that both teams are going to be passing a ton, you know, we're going to get Devontae Adams back for the Packers, and, and Rodgers has already been playing lights out. Um, you know, higher pass volume, which means more plays for the Chargers as well. So I think that that game is a easy shootout yeah. to identify, and I would take the over on that.
1: Yeah, I like that. Chargers stack for the win this week, I'm calling it.
0: Agreed, agreed. But, uh, you know, that is going to be it for us. This week, if you are listening on audio and don't see our lovely faces and Twitter ads, you can follow us on Twitter individually as well as following the show at the DFS Dose. My personal Twitter is at Ben Hauver, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Joey, tell them where they can find you.
1: My personal Twitter is Joey Carrion underscore.
0: And uh, don't forget to follow our boy, uh, Jared Marcus, Jared underscore underscore Marcus shout him out you know see how he's doing out in the uh, halloween streets dressed up as aaron Rodgers, looking for iced coffee and chicken (laughs) pot but yeah that uh, that'll be it for us guys uh you know if we don't win a gpp hopefully you do and we will see you same time next week to break down the week 10 slate thanks for listening